Hey, it's Emily Williams, the founder of I Heart My Life and your host of the I Heart My Life show. This is episode 88. What a Taylor Swift hashtag has to do with your success. I love this episode and I'm so excited and proud of myself for coming up with this special exercise that pertains to the Taylor Swift documentary, Miss Americana. So when I watched this documentary, I was so excited and just thrilled to share this content with you. Now, Taylor doesn't know that I'm doing this. Maybe she will someday. Maybe she won't. It doesn't matter. But she has truly inspired me to get even more visible and to help you in doing the same. Because the truth is, you have a big message to share. You have people to impact. And right now, you're standing in your own way. So I'm going to teach you how to really identify the things that are holding you back and stopping you from going to the next level and achieving more success. So let's dive in. A few months ago, I was in London visiting my in-laws. It was my father-in-law's 70th birthday. So James and I traveled from Los Angeles to Uh, London to have that visit and spend some time with family and friends. And it was the first time we were back in London after about six months. For those of you who don't know, I actually lived in London for about 10 years, and we recently moved to Los Angeles, California. And so going back to London was super special. It still has such a huge place in my heart, and I miss it every single day. But obviously, there's a lot that LA has to offer as well. But during that trip, there was one evening where James went out with his friends and I was home alone and I decided I was going to finally do it. I was going to watch the special Taylor Swift documentary, Miss Americana. Now, at the time that I'm recording this, James actually hasn't watched it with me. Now, he's not against it, (laughs) but it was something that I knew I might have to kind of twist his arm to watch. And so I decided to watch it myself first. And um, I've always been a Taylor Swift fan. I wouldn't say like I'm diehard, but I've always respected her and really loved her music and was really inspired by her story, knowing that she was uh, basically a a huge prodigy in terms of writing and having um, written from a very young age and, and written her own music and played her own music. And obviously she has an incredible voice and just seeing her rise throughout the past decade or so has been so inspirational for me. And I know there were actually times where I was a little bit jealous because I was like, she knew exactly what she wanted to do at age like six. (laughs) How incredible is that? What could I have done had I had that clarity and knowledge at such a young age? And so obviously, obviously there's a lot to be admired when it comes to Taylor Swift. But one of the things that really stood out to me about this documentary is her ability to be even more vulnerable. Now, I remember listening to one of her first albums and really thinking about the incredible storytelling that I was observing and thinking about that song in particular, 15, where she talks about, you know, what happens when you are 15 years old and falling in love with boys and figuring out how far to go and what love actually means. And I remember resonating with that song in such a deep way. And I feel like she does have such an amazing capacity to be vulnerable and to let her fans into her life. And yet this documentary was totally on a whole other level in terms of vulnerability. And so one of the things that struck me early on throughout the time that I spent watching this was just how much I resonated with her. 
I resonated with her drive. There was a, a scene in particular where she thought she was going to be nominated for a certain award and it didn't happen. And you could see the expression in her face and her heart just drop when her agent or whoever it was called and told her that she hadn't been nominated. And she basically just said, OK, well, I guess the album wasn't good enough. We have to make a better one. And it was so just matter of fact. And like she was already thinking about that next level. She was already thinking about pushing herself. She was already thinking about how she was going to achieve that thing that she so badly wanted to achieve. And I really resonate with that because I pressure myself and I push myself forward every single day. And I always know that there's a next level for me. And one of the things that James and I do on a regular basis is every single evening, we talk about the things that we appreciate about ourselves, the things we're grateful for, and then the things we love about one another. And in terms of the things I appreciate about myself, there are often times where I start to share something and I tell James, oh, I'm really proud of that email I wrote, or I'm proud of that webinar delivery. And I actually stop myself because I'm like, wait, I'm actually not 100% proud of that. I think it could have been better. And so I actually only choose things that I am 100% appreciative of. Now, that might sound kind of crazy, and, and maybe that's not exactly what Taylor Swift was doing in this documentary, but it really made me think of myself and how I'm always raising the bar. And I think those of us who are visionaries and those of us who do have this big dream that they're work we're working towards, we can always see the next level and we can always see how we can get better and we can grow and we can transform more lives and have more of an impact. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I do think that there's a way to be happy along the journey and always be looking at that next level at the same time. And I think that's important. But I really resonated with everything that Taylor was saying and experiencing uh, during that part of the documentary. The other part that I really resonated with is something I wanted to bring to your attention today. It's a practice that she doesn't necessarily talk about, but it's something I kind of created after watching a certain scene that she, uh, again, was so vulnerable in. So the scene in particular that I'm talking about is one where she shares the moment where she realized the number one hashtag on the internet was hashtag Taylor Swift is over party. And it was essentially something that occurred after her whole Kanye West fiasco. A lot of you know what I'm talking about. I'm not going to go into the details of that, but essentially Kanye uh, was not a huge fan of hers. And certain people got on the bandwagon of bashing Taylor Swift and they came up with this hashtag Taylor Swift is over party. And she talked about the fact that she realized just how many millions of people had to be tweeting that hashtag for it to rise to the top, for it to be the number one hashtag on the internet. And in that moment, she also realized how much she needed the validation and love of other people to be happy. And she realized that for the entirety of her career and her life, she had been searching for that validation. She had been searching for that love. She had been searching for that appreciation and that admiration. And she realized that so much of her success and her happiness really hinged on what other people thought of her. And she said there was about a year after that where people didn't see her because she was so upset about the reality of people, millions of people not liking her. And she didn't know how to handle that. 
in the end, we know that Taylor Swift came back and she came back with uh, a lot of power, a lot to say and incredible music. So clearly she did not let that hashtag get her down. But what it made me think of was the fact that all of us have hashtags that could be written about us that would cause us to go into hiding. Hashtags that are truly our biggest fears. And oftentimes, even before those hashtags are ever written, we have the fear and we allow all of those fears, doubts and insecurities to keep us small and to stop us and and stop us from moving forward in the direction that we know our dreams require of us. So what I did recently, we had our virtual mastermind retreat a few weeks ago. Now, this was supposed to be something that was held in a beautiful Beverly Hills mansion, but we moved it online, which was just as incredible, although I would have loved to have hugged our clients and seen them in person. But we had this incredible um, four-day virtual retreat. It was four days for our elite-level mastermind members and two days for our signature-level members. And all of us participated in this exercise. So basically, I wanted to walk you through it today because I think it's something that we all need to do. Those of us who have big dreams, we have to recognize that there are actually many things holding us back from going to the next level. And the more that we can voice them and acknowledge that those things and those insecurities exist, the quicker we're going to be able to move through those and really show up, not just for ourselves, not just for our company, but for our fans, for our clients, for the people who need to hear our message. So basically, all you have to do is think about what is one hashtag that people could write about you that would be basically the worst thing ever. So for example, we have Taylor Swift's, which is Taylor Swift is over party. And then I came up with mine, which is hashtag Emily Williams is fat and ugly. That's mine. And then I asked my clients to do this. So I'm just going to give you some examples to kind of get the wheels turning. And I want you to think about which of these resonate with you. Okay. And I don't mean to take these on as your own, but when I read them, really think about what's coming up for you, which ones really land, which ones evoke emotion or give you goosebumps. And obviously for the sake of uh, my clients and their privacy, I'm going to change all names to let's just make it Claire Smith. Okay. That's going to be our generic name. So here are some of the ones my clients came up with. Shut up, Claire Smith. Claire Smith is a a loser. Claire Smith is a nobody. Claire Smith is leading people to the devil. Claire Smith is a fraud. Claire is self-serving. Claire Smith is not a nice girl. Claire is a fraud. Shut up, Claire. Claire Smith doesn't know what she's doing. Claire Smith is going to hell. Claire Smith sucks. Claire Smith is just a, and then fill in the blank. Now, I find it so fascinating how many of these have to do with things like being a loser or a nobody or a fraud or the ones where it says that we're basically sending people to hell. (laughs) There was another one that came up that was transformation, question mark, more like transaction. So many of these hashtags had to do with these fears of not being taken seriously, not being smart enough, being too salesy, not being good enough, sucking. (laughs) The ones that, that include things like shut up, 
right? Two people said, shut up, hashtag shut up, and then their name. It's so fascinating to me. So I want you to really think about what people could say or write about you that would be the worst thing ever. What is that big fear that comes up for you? And let me tell you a little bit about mine before we dive into the work that you're doing. So like I said, mine is Emily Williams is fat and ugly. And I remember in particular, it was 2015, I believe, the fall of 2015. And I was launching iHeart Coaching, which is our signature coaching training program for women who want to start an online coaching business. And I was launching iHeart Coaching for the first time. And I decided I was going to film a video series for that program. And so I wrote out all these beautiful scripts. One of my coaches helped me. And it was a four-part video series. I found this incredible camera crew to work to help us film everything. We rented out um, a hotel room that was a beautiful, like double bedroom suite. It had all the colors we were looking for. It had the vibe, all of that. I got my clothes together, booked the hair and makeup. It was all set. And I remember being so anxious throughout the filming of that. So my hair wasn't perfect. I wasn't doing a good job delivering all of the scripts. What were people going to think about me? And I remember going into like basically a meltdown, having a panic attack, anxiety, all of that. And it ended up that we didn't actually film, finish filming that day because we had tried to pack too much into one day, which again, I learned later on wasn't a good idea. Um, And by the end of the day, like James did not want to be around me. I didn't want to be around myself. I was nervous about seeing these videos. And what it really came down to was me not feeling like I was good enough and worrying about what people were going to think in terms of my looks. So then we had to finish two of the four videos later on. I think it was like a week later or something. And by that point, the spray tan that I had gotten had faded I had to get my hair and makeup redone, obviously. And so it actually looked different than the first two videos. And so when I got back the footage and the final product, I remember crying my eyes out. I was so upset because I didn't think that I looked pretty enough. I didn't think that I was enthusiastic enough when I was delivering the message. I didn't think anyone would care. I didn't think the B-roll was good enough. I'd recently just learned what B-roll was. (laughs) And I thought I looked fat. All these horrible thoughts were going through my mind. And the truth is, I didn't know what I was doing, number one. And so I needed to give myself a bit more grace. But number two, those videos were wildly successful. And it actually had nothing to do with the way that I looked. It was all about the message and what I had shared with all of the women who needed to experience that message. And so I realized that in order for me to have an impact in our company and in the world, I had to get over myself and I had to get over anyone thinking that I was fat and ugly. And the truth is, is I recorded a video series a few years after that. And I remember putting it up on YouTube and there were certain people who said, oh, this girl needs to go to the gym or this girl needs to lose some pounds or this girl is you know, not attractive. I don't remember the exact words. And so people ended up writing what my biggest fear was. And that's also one of the points of this exercise. I want you to voice what your big fear is so that you can look at it straight in the face, get clear on what it is, acknowledge it, and prepare yourself to experience it. Because most likely you will experience it. Because not everyone is going to think you're smart. Not everyone is going to think you're talented. Not everyone is going to think you're beautiful or thin or whatever it is that's coming up for you. 
There are people who will think that you are leading them to the devil. There are people who will think that you are a fraud. There are people who will think you are self-serving. And that's okay. Not everyone is born to like you. You don't like everyone in the world. And so how can you expect everyone else to like you? That's the truth. And so just as Taylor Swift recognized in this beautiful documentary, she can't get up every single day hoping that people like her because that's not going to get her very far. And it's going to be a really painful journey if that's her whole reason for doing what she's doing, that acceptance. We have to find love within ourselves and recognize how incredible we are and recognize that even if people do say the thing that we're most scared of, we will be able to keep going on. We have to make a decision that we will keep going on regardless of what people say. So I want you to think about your hashtag. What could people write about you that would literally be the worst thing ever? And then I want you to take it a step further. Number one, I'd love for you to share your hashtag with us. Maybe that's on social media. You can tag us at I Hurt My Life Now on Instagram and Facebook. Maybe you want to email us at info at IHurtMyLife.com. Maybe you want to comment below this post on the blog. Regardless of what you do, I want to know what your hashtag actually is, because I really want to create a movement of women who are moving past their hashtag and they're showing up in the world, even though those fears exist, even those, though those insecurities exist. Okay, so that's the first step. The next step is to really think about what would happen if someone did say that to you. If there were millions of people tweeting that hashtag, what would you do? How would you feel? How would you handle it? And I want you to make a decision, regardless of how you would handle it, make sure part of you handling it is continuing to move forward. So even if people don't agree with what you're doing or they don't believe in you or they don't see the value in your work, you have to sell to yourself every single day and remind yourself what you're capable of and what you were put on this earth to do. And you have to keep putting one foot in front of the other. So even if somebody says that you're over, you have to know that that's not the truth. So you have to look within and make decisions to continue to move forward, to continue to show up, to get more and more visible. I know for me, part of my hashtag, moving past the hashtag, I should say, is getting more visible. I know there was even a moment when I was putting myself out there in terms of publicity and I was in a mastermind all about publicity And I actually started crying because I told everyone in the group that my biggest fear is that people are going to think I'm fat and ugly. And so for me to play small and to continue to put so much weight on appearances, that doesn't serve anyone. And so I finally had to realize it was my time to really show up. So now you see me on camera. Now I'm doing things right after I work out. Because I know that when I go to SoulCycle, for example, I get the best ideas, I get the best inspiration, and it's my duty to share it with you, with the audience, with people watching, with people who need it. If I keep this to myself, it's selfish. And frankly, what I've realized is, of course, everyone loves a beautiful picture. Of course, everyone wants to be put out into the world, all glammed up, looking their best. But that's actually not what people care about. People love the vulnerability. People love you being real. Just like what attracted me to the Taylor Swift Miss Americana documentary, her vulnerability stood out miles beyond anything else, miles beyond the beautiful costumes, the moments where she was glam and on stage, all of that stuff. Of course, it's exciting to watch. 
But seeing her be real and seeing her share from the heart, that was more impactful for me. So I want you to create your hashtag. I want you to share it with us. And then I want you to make a decision of how you're going to handle it when people say that about you. Not when, but how. Okay, so people will do it. I guess I should say not not if, but when. (laughs) That's a better way of putting it. Not if, but when, because people will. And the truth is, right now, you can decide it's not going to have that effect. Right now, it's going to just roll off your shoulders. You know that you'll be able to handle it because you prepared to handle it. It won't be a surprise. Okay, so I can't wait to hear from you. I'm so excited that you're doing this work. It's going to be a game changer for you. And I'll look forward to talking to you very soon. Bye. I hope you loved today's episode. Definitely take the action that I recommended. Do this exercise and share your hashtag with us. Make sure you tag us on social media at iHeartMyLifeNow. And if you know someone who needs to hear this episode, go ahead and forward it to them right now. And I'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the I Heart My Life show. For more inspiration, success tips, and ways to achieve your life and business goals, definitely follow me on Facebook and Instagram on I Heart My Life Now. See you next time.